We are talking a Mookie Betts trade, the Starlin Marte trade, a couple other pickups, and most importantly, it is baseball season. Let's do it. What's going on, everybody? Welcome to Talking Baseball. My name's John Boy, and I got my co-host Jake with me. He's in Denver. I'm in the Bronx, and this episode of Talking Baseball is brought to you by a whole gang, a whole gang of really great people. You ready for them? We got Lou Ellen Trevino, OG, Zach Wheatsma. I maybe have done these twice, but I forgot, so I'm doing some of them maybe twice. Mark Curtis, Sean Fanukin. Colleen Pawlicki. Now they're sounding familiar. I think these guys are getting repeat shout-outs. Mark Lucas. Yeah. Oh, oh yeah, for sure. Colin Ackerman. Ismail Ruiz. Call me Ishmael. I think that's the opening lines to Moby, Duck, Moby Dick. When I was and a young lad, I had no money in me purse. I think that's the second line of Moby Dick. Devon Bartling. Sasha. Sasha. Kachion. Kachi, Kachian. Fuck. Sorry, Sasha. Libby Pyan, Dave Griffiths, Alex Dipinski, Worker Ant, Eric Adams, Norm Shaver, Camden Johnson, Jonathan Jaggard. <laughs> Jaggard's a good last name. Uh, Kenpachi, Kenpachi, Jonathan Hauer, and Christian Mallet. Christian Mallet's always popping up, an old friend. What's up, everybody? Thank you. Those are our most recent Patreon supporters. Uh, Patreon.com slash John Boy Media gives you access to the live show. We got Zach, Quentin, Tom, Christian in the live chat. How's everyone doing? How are you doing, Jake? Hey, James. I'm doing well, man. Uh, as we normally do, we'll start off talking football a little bit with the God Super Bowl. No, damn it. No, 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 no. That's my bad. Uh, baseball pod. Uh, I'm good, man. I'm good. Uh, a lot going on this weekend. Um, and Hey, I want to, were you telling me that MLB hired like a new PR firm or was that a tweet or something? Did I miss that? Not me. I didn't, I don't know. I didn't, I didn't tell you that. And I don't know that. So I'm okay. out, but is well, that true? I, I feel like someone told me that. And it just seems like we said before your trip to Savannah, that if MLB smart, they're going to save the Mookie bet trade. Until after the Super Bowl. And here we are, Monday morning, Heyman's tweeting. It sounds like it's close. Um, and hey, not for nothing, this has been the biggest <laughs> MLB offseason ever, like PR-wise and anything. So I'm doing good, man. Everyone, if you're a baseball fan, you have such the bad itch right now. I think like the next week is going to be, week and a half is going to be a nightmare or so. But uh, it's awesome, man. Yeah, it's good. The only bad thing is, and uh, I got to give the warning before we get deep in the show, the John Boy Media headquarters and uh, is brutal. We've told you they just they just blast the heat. And on days when it's not that cold out, having the windows open doesn't help. Like when it's 20 degrees out, it's basically air conditioning right now. Then it comes in. It's a nice day out in New York. It's like, I don't know, 60 degrees is my guess. I have no idea. So it's a sauna in this studio with all the soundproofing and the heat blasting. We need to fix that. Monday is also planes day. Planes just fly nonstop. 
in the sky, so you may hear a lot of background noise. And the only reason that that is because if I close the windows, I'll get hot, I'll pass out, and it will be a boring show. I'll just get so drained. Well, hold on now. We don't know that. Um, There's a plane. I wonder if you can hear that one. No, that was just me. That was me talking. Um, Yeah, I don't know. We'll try a pass out show one day. But uh, no, I'm I'm fine with keeping you keeping you alive for now. Like most of my victims, I'm gonna be playing on and off with my mic as well, same as you, because the planes are so loud. How is Savannah? How's the Savannah banana doing? Savannah, yeah, I flew back from Savannah this morning. Just got in, and I do want to say thank you to Major League Baseball for not breaking any. There was nothing that happened that was of importance besides New Era putting out some of the uglier hats that have ever been put out. Uh, bad job there. Other than that. Savannah was nice, man. I took a nice little break. I did go see the Savannah Banana uh, team area, the stadium, historical Grayson Stadium, and then I did uh, a little segment on their news channel uh, over there. I don't know when that's going to air, but it was cool. It's good. What was, it was what was your what was your biggest surprise in Savannah? Like, what'd you what'd you like? What'd you dislike? Uh, well, it's not surprise, but it's just the way it's laid out is so cool. It's a grid. And, like, you can walk. There's 23 squares. There's little, like, parks that they put in the middle of the grid. And you can walk all of them, like, really easily. And then there's old houses and old buildings. It's one of the oldest, it's one of the biggest and oldest historical districts in the United States. I think uh, Louisiana has it beat. And the only reason that it's older than, like, Atlanta and Richmond is because Savannah during the Civil War was like, hey... We don't care, Sherman, if you come through and you, like, steal our stuff and you use us as a base. Just don't burn us to the ground. So it was one of the few places during the Civil War in the South that didn't get burned to the ground by Sherman. So, cool. History. Historic Savannah. Nice. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. It was good. How was your weekend? You got really drunk and did karaoke, I saw. Weekend was pretty good. Yeah, I, uh, you know, Friday night, I, I got the itch a little bit and I was like, God, my, my time in Denver is really, really running low. Uh, let me let me reach out to, to some of the guys. I reached out to some of the old co-workers, uh, our buddy Jeff, and uh, everyone was kind of busy. And then that was also the Kobe game night. So I was like, all right. Like I, I can get locked in, get a good night's rest and watch some sports. Did that, dude. It was, I. So this is gonna come off a little rude, and nobody was really saying this, but dude, it was kind of bizarre. The Kobe game, they uh, dude, they held like a full funeral before the game. Um, like I, I don't know. Like normally during an event like this, like they show a a video and they do something, and then they play the game. They had Usher sing two songs. They had a a cello player come out. They had boys to men. LeBron gave a speech. And I don't know, it was, I, I guess it was a little LA and you and I are being sucked into that world a little bit, but, um, it, it was wild. Cause normally they say like players, yeah, just treat it like another game. Like there was no way <laughs> to treat it anything close to a normal game. So that was a roller coaster. And then, yeah, went to the zoo, blacked out and sang karaoke Saturday, woke up pretty miserable for the Super Bowl sports. Nice. Cool. Yeah. I don't, the Kobe game, I didn't see it. I wouldn't be able to do that. I had a panic attack in Savannah because Katie took me on a ghost tour, and it wasn't like a, uh, a nonsensical, campy ghost tour. 
It was like details of the final seconds of people's lives and the bedrooms. And I, I literally left. I was like, I'm yeah. Katie. She's terrified of whales. They give her panic attacks. I was like, this is like if I took you scuba diving with whales. Like, I've, I can't do this. She felt really bad. She's like, I didn't realize. And I'm like, well, I know you didn't realize, but like, I, sure. I was just, I was, only one I don't think I've ever had out. like a legit panic attack, but I definitely did. I was walking the streets of Savannah. The Super Bowl was on, so there was no one in the streets. It was well, kind of weird. The ghosts. There was no one except the ghosts. See, like she, Katie gets scared by the ghosts because she thinks the ghosts are real. I just, right. I just can't deal with death and the thought of it and, and everything that gets wrapped up sure. in that. So I was like, I'm out. Guy was like, why are you leaving the tour? Is something wrong? And I said, yeah, this is my nightmare. <laughs> Thank you. This is a lot of fun, but like, this is also my nightmare. It's like uh, counting my breath and doing all things to control myself. But yeah, it's not like a joke when I say I can't handle death stuff. No. Like, I, I should probably see a therapist and try to get over it, but it's it's brutal. Speaking of, Mookie Betts trade is imminent, Jake. Ken Rosenthal says... Segway. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, he's going to be a ghost in Boston soon. Ooh, well, he's dead to Boston. Great. That was a lot yeah. worse segue. Okay. Well, all right. Anyway, uh, Kenny Kenny Rosenthal said, like, it's not a matter of if, it's a matter of when and where and for who. And it's either going to be the Padres or the Dodgers is what everyone's saying. I guarantee. Well, is he a Boris client? If he was a Boris client, Heyman would, if Heyman's involved in this, if Boris is involved, there's going to be a mystery team that comes in at some point. But, This makes me sad for baseball. And I don't know if this is the conversation you want to have, but it also ties into a lot of notes I have here with Lindor. So I was thinking of putting them together, and then we can actually talk about the return and the results. But, like, this sucks. When they – and I know next episode that we do with Ploof, we're going to talk about the upcoming uh, uh, collective bargaining agreement and potential strike and all that. I don't know the answer. I'm not smart enough to figure out the answer. But this is bad for baseball. When you have a guy that's this good and he's homegrown and developed and your team is good still. Like the Red Sox, if they want to win, they can go win. But because of the the current cap situation, they're like, oh, it's better for us to trade him. And it's it's just bad. Like it would be better for baseball if the Red Sox locked up Mookie. Like, the Angels locked up Trout, but then, obviously, we have problems with that because they have to help. But then the same with Lindor. Lindor was asked about his future in Cleveland because the owner of Cleveland said, we're not paying him, so enjoy him while we have him, to the fans of Cleveland, which is so, so messed up. And uh, Lindor said, he said a lot of things. He said he wants to win a, a ring with Cleveland. He said, wherever I go, I want to win. It has nothing to do with the money. That's kind of a lie. It has nothing to do with the years. Also a lie. It has to do with who I like or who I don't like. It has to do with championships. The front office tries to put a team together to win, not save money. They're supposed to try to put a team together to win. I'm here to try to win. And there is something very true about what he's saying. Now, obviously, Lindor and his agent are going to want the most money and the most years. But we, when you have teams in baseball like the Indians and the Red Sox who have the talent to win – but their focus isn't like, you know, going for the throat when they're that close. It's like, okay, let's ease off a little bit and save some money. It's a real bad spot for baseball that these two teams are doing this. So I want to talk about the actual trade, and we'll talk about this with Ploof next episode. But I just want to say, like, it's shitty. So do you have any thoughts on that, or did I just uh, wow. talk in circles? I, you, t- you took you combined two big ones, made it a massive. I'll, uh, let's start with Mookman. 
Let's let's start with Mookie Betts. Uh, cause you're right. And dude, you're just a biased Yankee fan. You want Mookie. So you want him traded to the KBO. Um, no dude, it's, uh, you're, you're right. And, uh, we are going to talk this a little bit with Ploof. And I think the other main statement that I will copy and paste from you is we're not smart enough. Um, because they do have to change a lot of things in the CBA. And I think that's where the fear factor comes in with strike and everything. But we're talking about the Boston Red Sox. This is supposed to, I mean, they are a financial juggernaut. <laughs> they're, they're in one of the proudest baseball homes. And I mean, dude, it's, it's been kind of sad to see. And it's, it's this new transition of new media, but you're seeing like the Mookie slander posts and stuff like that. And it's like, this is sad and it sucks. And it does tie into Lindor that maybe we need to figure out some rule that a team can can pay one of their players a lot of money and it counts less against the cap or something like that. Who knows? Again, not smart enough. But sticking with Mookie, it's it's wild. Mookie, he's not a Boris guy. I looked that up um, at, at the beginning of your, your talk. He... He has made it very clear that he wants to hit free agency. And we don't see a ton of players come out and say that. Um, so I, I think that's one of the odd situations that's going on here a little bit, which is fine. If you want to hit free agency, that's your right. That could be your one chance at getting a serious contract. So Mookie wants to do that. The part that's crazy is that the Red Sox are basically openly saying, that they will not be the highest bidder in a Mookie bet free agency, <laughs> which, uh, I mean, the fact they don't think there's a chance is sad. And yeah, maybe it is something with the luxury tax rules that were, they were meant to keep teams in check and I guess keep the league more balanced, but we haven't seen a team go into that three-year threshold where owners have to pay more money because they're businessmen. These you don't just stumble into having an MLB team. You have to have a pretty good business acumen. And these guys are smart enough to say, hey, I can run a business without paying what? What is it, 50% of my payroll or 33% in just straight bonus money? So uh, you're right. And I this has turned into a good uh, precursor to our, our ploof episode coming up this week. He's going to be all sorts of excited. Um into the baseball a little bit. The Red Sox, I, I think, and, and this is what's getting lost in it, the Yankees are set up really strongly. They're a 103-win team that had the most injuries in Major League history, and they signed arguably one of the best pitchers in baseball. I don't, I don't need to make an outlandish statement. Wherever you think Garrett Cole is, he's one of the top pitchers in baseball. The Yankees are better. The Red Sox, I mean, they lost some borderline guys. Porcello, you know, that's not going to take them down. Chris Sale, he should bounce back a little bit. You had special years from Bogarts and Devers. Can they repeat that? They still have a ton of talent. But they also have to look at it as a business. And Dave Dombrowski made some signings that weren't great for them, and that ties into the CBA and everything. And if Mookie can't give them a guarantee, they have to do what's best for their team. So I think there definitely is a world where if they can get someone like Verdugo, who's who's rumored, um, and if they can maybe move David Price off of this and do a one-year reset, we've seen this literally work for Boston, <laughs> trading with the Dodgers. 
getting rid of more there's more money and less Mookie in the previous trade. But uh I, I mean there's parts of this that do make sense for Boston after you get past the fact that hey, our owner and every team should be able to keep one Mookie bets or one Lindor on their team. Yeah. So you said, you know, how the Red Sox did offer Mookie, I think a, a good amount of money, like a lot of money to extend him. And he said, no, nah, I want to go see what free agency has to offer. And I think he has that right to to say like, hey, I, I might like your offer the most, but I still want to go see what other teams are all about. I know nothing about the other 29 teams. Like I want to get wined and dined. I want to see what their pitch is. Like I think any player that wants to do that has the right to do that. But what's weird is the Red Sox are taking that as like, well, well, and Red Sox fans are using this as like, well, if he's not going to accept our extension, we're not even going to try to get him. It's like, why? You still have him for the year. You could try to win right now and then he, go wine and dine him and tell him how great, you know, you want him back. Like then do that process. They're like, well, we we rather rather get something in return than lose him for nothing. But when the losing for nothing comes into play, is also tied to winning. <laughs> so it's like, it's so weird to me. But here's where I'm I'm Jekyll and Hyde on this, Jake. I'd rather Mookie on the Red Sox as a Yankees fan than on the Dodgers. Ah, see, I disagree with you there because I I think I know where you're going with this thought process, and I'll I'll try to I'll try to nip it in the butt. But oh, well, my thought process is they have no beautiful. They have no pitchers, so like I still don't think they're good. Right. I mean, they. Uh, I mean, if Chris Sale can if Chris Sale can bounce back and be Chris Sale, and Erod can be Erod, and then David Price. I I mean, that's a whole nother situation. I mean, they can put together some starting pitching, which hey when they won the world series, it was a little bit of starting pitching and then just figure it out on the back end. Um, my, my thing in, in this is as a Yankee fan, I get what you're saying. Cause there's, there's almost this, Hey, you know, the Yankees are the favorites in, in the AL. The Dodgers are the favorite in the NL. Like I, I don't want to see Mookie bets on the Dodgers come October. This is baseball, man. And Hey, Mookie's awesome. If he can find that 2017 and be a 10 war player, Boston can contend for the East. This is baseball. It's why it's an awesome sport. So I, uh, if Mookie goes to LA and they, the Yankees were to run into the Dodgers in the, in the world series, I will deal with that problem then. Um, for now, Mookie bets on the Red Sox. He's, he's always going to be a problem because he's one of the top three players in baseball. So, uh, that's, that's my spiel. Verdugo would be a nice return. So I didn't read like all, I didn't read all the trade stuff, but I believe they said, you know, Verdugo is the one from the Dodgers. And then on the Padres, it's Will Myers, which is like a contract money for money situation. The Dodgers makes more sense to me. Verdugo would kind of fit in Boston's vibe as a city pretty well. That's that's code for Jimmy saying Alex Verdugo grosses him out. Nah, he's kind of got that... Uh, He'd fit in well. That's close he's, where he grosses Jimmy out. He, he, he's like that vibe. You drop him in Southie, and he's there. Jimmy, I've, I've got a perfect closing piece for this trade. Throw in your guy, Tony Gonsolin. <laughs> that guy wouldn't survive in the fucking at the East Coast. What's, where's Tony Gonsolin from? Tony Gonsolin 
like loves cats and they call when he pitches Catterday. So let me tell you something about Tony Gonsolin. He better stay on the West Coast where the media ain't mean and the fans aren't mean because that's some weird shit. Anytime I can get Jimmy going on Tony Gonsolin, I'm going to do it. A, fun name to say. B, we hate cats. C, Gonsolin. Um, yeah, he's yeah. from, it looks like he's from California. Yes. It's that. I mean, you don't get on the mound and talk about your cats and do all that weird shit if you're from the East Coast. Slick Tony Gonsolin. Um, yeah, and a, a little bit about the returns. I think the Padres, because the Padres have to figure out some money stuff if they are to do this. So, yes, Will Myers involved. I think with Will Myers being involved, they offer better prospects. That's part part of the picture. Uh, the Dodgers, and, and this is where, and Jim, cor- correct me if I'm wrong. No, that's weird. Um, He's going to the Dodgers, and uh, and I'll tell you why. The The Padres have already had a pretty active offseason for the Padres. They did the Tommy Pham trade, if you remember that. Um, they did the trade with the Brewers, where they brought in Davies and Gresham. Um, and more importantly, Fernando Tatis Jr. showed up last year, and he's going to be there this year. So they've already made their steps to improve. They're a bunch of young guys, and if the Padres are going to really build something, they need to build it with their young guys. They don't have an unlimited bank behind them. They wasted a lot of money on Eric Hosmer uh, and Will Myers, who still are hanging around. If the Padres really want to build something, it's going to be with their young core that they've had coming up from the pipeline. We've heard about their number one ranked farm system for a little while now. We've got some of those guys coming to fruition, a lot of young pitchers, Tatis, et cetera, et cetera. They brought in Profar. The Dodgers haven't done a thing, <laughs> and they have money, and they they still have this incredible team that has looked like this complete failure, and when you juxtapose it with everything that's going on in Houston, it's, it's one of the more bizarre sports stories um, in baseball history of recent history of a really good team that gets shit on a lot when they could have done so much more potentially. Mookie Betts is such a fit. They're, they have so much young talent. They're not going to have to pay an arm and a leg because it's technically a rental. And, hey, it could be a guy they re-signed. And, man, when you saw those lineups come out with Mookie Betts potentially in that lineup, it's insane. It's well, insane. How does the outfield play out? Um, I mean, they've, they've like shuffling things around a little bit, but, I mean, it depends who's in the trade, obviously, Verdugo, et cetera, et cetera. A guy that everyone's forgotten is on the Dodgers is someone like A.J. Pollock, who's a great player when he's healthy. He would be a platoon player with Jock Peterson. That's how it would go, right? Bellinger, Mookie would be every day, and him and Jock would split. They've got some of that lefty-righty stuff that the Dodgers like to do. I mean, yes. And if Verdugo somehow stays and they flip another prospect, you can mix in Verdugo again. You've got Muncy, Turner, Seager, um, I'm missing. Am I missing? I'm missing someone big. Um, it's it's just a crazy lineup, and they can do some lefty righty stuff. And Jim, think about and this isn't as important as Mookie Betts being a great baseball player. But remember when the Dodgers played the Red Sox in the World Series, and the Red Sox started left-handed pitchers, so David Freeze was batting three hole, and mm-hmm. everyone was like, "Hey." maybe still use the good lefties in there somewhere because it's still baseball a little bit. Mookie Betts, Cody Bellinger, Muncie, Turner, like you can go lefty righties on these dudes. You have such good balance. 
Mookie's a monster. And it they haven't made a move this offseason. <laughs> they haven't made a move. Gavin Lux, your guy. So, yeah, he's going to the Dodgers. I like Verdugo for the for the Red Sox. I mean, you get him for four years, I believe. He's got all of those baseball savant numbers for him are are in the red. Like, you know, the hard hit rate and all that shit. Exit velocity, outs above, sprint speed, all that. He had a good year last year. Uh, and he's a lefty, so you look at the short porch for nine games or in a series against the Yankees, and that might be nice. So I, I like Verdugo for the Red Sox. I think that'd be a good return. I do think that the Red Sox are in a good situation, that they have two teams both in the same division trying to trade for Mookie because that's going to up the price a little bit and it's going to up the, like you're right, the Padres have made a lot of moves. They'd probably be very fine to be like, we're good. We want to roll this team out there, but do they want to let the Dodgers get them when they have the better farm system to to return guys anyway? You know what I mean? So, like, I could see the Padres only really acting on it because they don't want the Dodgers to get them. But the Padres have a long-term plan in place and it's Mookie for a year, so then how much does that affect it? There's a lot, lot going on. I like it. Yeah, and hey, maybe there's something if they can move Myers and they can move a couple prospects that they don't have necessarily penned in as part of their future. I guess the Mookie rental in San Diego kind of makes sense, but at the same time, it just doesn't. And I I think the Padres' involvement is (laughs) to drive up the price for the Dodgers from the Red Sox and the Padres' side of things. Um, So we'll see. Hey, maybe something comes out. Maybe that mystery team does show up. Uh, Dodgers go nuts. How about we, uh, you know, let, let's bring Mookie in for a dude or two. Let's flip Seager and a guy for Lindor. Let's, uh, let's go nuts Dodgers. And, and we didn't talk about this at all, but does price have to be part of this for one of these? So I guess this, this is the interesting part of this, that that's the great unknown, because if you're Boston and you trade Mookie bets, depending what comes back, whether it's Verdugo or, you know, another, another body or two, you still have a really good baseball team. Like uh, you do. This team's a couple years removed from the world series. Again, it's got its question marks with sale, but uh, you know, every team does. And Hey, if you're going to bet on or against Chris sale, I'm still fine betting on that dude. Cause when he's right, he's incredible. (laughs) He's, he's unhittable. He's our Randy Johnson. So, uh, if you trade Mookie and David Price, like you said, the Red Sox are already have, they've got three guys in their rotation they're banking on. Avaldi, who knows what you're going to get from that guy. Um, but if you trade Mookie Betts and David Price, the season is done. Um, if you keep one, you convince yourself you can talk, you can work your way into the wild card. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, if you trade both, it's officially done. And hey, as a Yankees fan, I'm rooting for that because I think anything can happen in a baseball season. Um, and if you're a Red Sox fan, not for nothing, if you see one go, I think you want to see both go, right? Because if if you're going to do this, let's hit the quick reset button because there's still a lot of talent, clear some money, and then go out and make some strategic moves with Kime Bloom moving forward. Can't hear you. I did a lot of talking there. I was basically saying that, you know what? Glad it didn't come through on the mic. I was being Yankee biased. Wow. The the Red Sox have a good three there, Bogarts, Devers, J.D., if Betts is gone. And then they got a lot of 
It's interesting. It's an interesting team. Like, because you have Ben and Tendy, who coin even when he He's even when he had his, but even his good year wasn't amazing. No, but he's he's he, in his in his really good year. If he could find that, I mean, he's a good ball player. But he's only really got one of them. Yeah, he's got 2018. And then it's what? What do they get back for Moogie? Is it someone in the lineup that can play? Is it someone like Verdugo? Because now you do have four or five guys in a lineup that might be able to hit a little bit. So uh, we'll see. It's a uh, it's tough times in Boston and again. Like the like you open this with. It honestly, it shouldn't be this way. <laughs> it should be the the Boston Red Sox being wanting to see Mookie play out and saying, hey, if you're going to hit free agency, there's a good chance we could bid you back. Hey, and Jim, maybe they're doing the old, you know, this is the Boston spin. Maybe they're doing the Araldis Chapman. They're going to trade Mookie, get Verdugo and another guy, and then they'll just re-sign Mookie after the offseason. Boom. That would be awesome if you're a Red Sox fan. That's what that's what you kind of got to be dreaming as a Sox fan. That would be awesome. Uh, I would just play out the year though and trade him at the deadline. Yeah, I don't. I don't know. I think I'm. Would you get more for Mookie at the deadline? I don't think so. Right. Deadline prices are lower than besides the Chris Archer trade. I guess maybe. all deadline prices are are kind of lower. I I guess there is a theory. You're there paying for half a year. I the, yeah, the, it's half a year, but maybe you bring more teams into it. Like like we just said, um, you know, a season rental between d- the Dodgers and maybe the Padres. If you could get five teams bidding on Mookie for half a year, you know, if hey, say Texas gets off to a really good start, I mean, maybe there's something fun there. But it feels like the bridge is already burned, and like I made up or either heard somewhere, MLB has a new PR team, and Mookie's being traded this week. Yes. I don't know if that, I don't know if either of those are true. I believe that he's getting traded this week because it seems like all signs are pointing that way. I don't know if they have a new PR team. Good job if you do. I mean, cool. it, it has, it has hit the point where like Mookie can't report to Red Sox spring training. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No. Like you just thought, you talked about the East Coast media with Tony Gonsolin and his cats. Like that Mookie reporting to Fort Myers would be a complete fiasco at this point. It would. It doesn't make any sense. Speaking of reporting to Fort Myers, Jake, I don't know if we've let everyone know the full details. I tweeted out our full schedule of our spring training trip. Uh, but I don't know. We never. We said we were going on a trip, but now it's official. So I'm going to tell the listeners, well, we're done with Mookie, right? I got everything I needed to say out. We're done with Mookie. I, I don't know if we want to do it with Lindor. I mean, you already led into the trip pretty hard, so let's do the trip. I, I said everything I need to say about Lindor because um, it just kind of – Piggybacked on this is shitty that good teams aren't trying to when they you know it's not like we're talking about the Pittsburgh Pirates or the Detroit Tigers who they need to rebuild that is the plan the the Indians and the Red Sox can win right now and they have superstars that their fans love and are embraced by the city and they're like oh, I'd rather save money than go for it and I understand it's a business I'm not naive to that I think that MLB and the union and the league or whoever has to try and put things in place that makes it more enticing to keep homegrown players than it is to to be a business. Yeah. But I don't know what it is. I'm not smart enough. 
I'm I'm trying to figure out. I, I threw something out there like there should be some hometown team exception where you know they can sign Lindor for 25, but only pay or maybe they pay him half and the league pays him half or something. I don't know. There's uh, again, I don't know real solutions. I don't picture all the owners getting excited to pay half of Lindor's salary, so I'm not seeing that pass through my early tests. But you're, you're absolutely right. There needs to be a way that if you have someone as special as Francisco, Francisco, that's fun to say, Lindor, on your team, that you should be able to keep him like almost no questions asked. Yeah, cool. All right, here's our schedule for our, the talking baseball, talking Yanks, John Boy Media spring training trip. We're doing the west coast of Florida. We'll get in on February 18th. We're going to be hanging out Tampa at George Steinbrenner Field with the Yankees for some workout days. On February 19th, we're doing a live podcast in Tampa. So be on the lookout for tickets to that. We'll probably try our best to get some fun guests. Uh, and then February 22nd, we're going to drive all the way down to Northport. We'll be at the Braves facility trying to get, talk to some Braves players, some Braves fans, see a game, uh, Orioles at Braves. The next day, we head over to Port Charlotte where the Yankees are playing the Rays at Charlotte Sports Park. So we'll try to talk to some Rays players, Rays fans, all that. Moving on, we go to Fort Myers, where we're going to check out the Red Sox are playing at Hammond Stadium, which is the home of the Twins. The next day, we'll stay in Fort Myers, and the Orioles will be playing the Red Sox at JetBlue Park. So there you go, Red Sox fans who just listened to us talk about your team forever. We'll be uh, talking more Red Sox on February 25th. Then we go to uh, Pirates Facility in Bradenton. Then the Orioles Facility in Sarasota. Then the Phillies facility in Clearwater. Then back to Tampa to see the Tigers play the Yankees on February 29th. And that is a watch party we're throwing. If you're a Yankees fan and you want to hang out, we got you know a whole a package that includes fun seats, whole group of Yankees fans, um, food, beer, and all of that. Follow on Twitter for more info. I tweeted out the whole picture of the schedule if you're actually interested in breaking it down. But it should be a hell of a trip. We're excited. West coast of Florida, baby. Uh, we're, getting a, yeah. we're, getting a, we're getting an RV and living on the RV. I don't know if I said that. Yeah, quite lit. Not a, no, no smoke and mirrors. 11 days RV in it uh, along the Western coast of Florida spring training. Uh, yeah. Come meet up with us. Like Jimmy said, we're doing a, we're doing a game event at the end of it. Feb 29th in Tampa. Um, we're doing a event at the beginning of it. Feb 18th, 19th. Um, so yeah, and we'll, we'll be all around. I'm like, I'm really excited for the Braves. I've become an adopted Braves fan. My, my love that I gave them last year has been paying off on Braves Twitter. Excited for that. Um, and I've hit the point of the year where I'm going to start calling a lot of teams, my teams just to make their fan bases like me and then find one base you're rude to, and I'm going to spin them on you. So that's, that's where I'm at in my spring training training. That's just how you go about the show. That's how I operate. Uh, you yeah. say I'm getting my arm loose. I'm ready. I, I yeah. did. I, fe- I fell. Every in love team with that team. you like is my team, and every team that I talk crap about is you know your twins, your, team. your yeah. Orioles, and my Braves, my Rocks. Yes. Bingo. Anyone who listened last year knows what's going on. They're there. All right, we got a couple straggler storylines here. We did a lot of time on that bet stuff, but that is the biggest story, and hopefully he gets traded to one of those teams and. One of the players that was involved was actually happens, and it's not all for naught. But 
This happened uh, a little bit ago, Jake, and we never talked about it. The Diamondbacks trade for Starling Marte from the Pirates. The Diamondbacks are having an uh, interesting offseason. They had a winning year last year, but they missed the playoffs by two games. And uh, I was trying to read, like I, I've said this many times, I, I can't figure out if this matters. Like, if anything the Diamondbacks has done is actually going to give them the edge. My gut feeling says no, but I'm reading a lot of people saying, like, actually they're doing very smart moves. They're putting together a nice squad. And I don't know if that's Diamondbacks fans or not. But Marte's now going to be their center fielder? Jimmy. Yeah. Let me talk to you about my Arizona Diamondbacks, baby. Kettle Marte is going to go to second base full time. What's going on here, Jake? So here's here's what we need to do. And I did a Super Bowl Sunday hungover deep dive on the Arizona Diamondbacks. What what a rush, man. Um, so okay. So here's here's what you need to do. The the top end talent, it's it is Kettle Marte. He had a nuts season, like a, a seven war season last year. Um, so there's some juice ball rumors around him, but he's a young, really good player. So it's going to be interesting to see, uh, how special of a season he can put up. Can he follow that up at all? Cause it, I mean, it really was a crazy year. The dude, 32 home runs, 329 batting average and 981 OPS. So they don't have much of star power unless you believe Cattell Marte and he is their star. So if you buy into that, that's where things get fun, man. So, Jim, here's something you're going to like. In the past two years, the Diamondbacks have traded away significant players, and they've gotten decent returns for them. They traded Goldschmidt the year before, and then they traded Grinky last year. So they got three guys in each of those trades. Some dudes are starting to contribute. Carson Kelly, 24-year-old catcher last year, 18 home runs, an 826 OPS in 111 games played. You can get a little excited about that. Good young catcher. They got some pitching. Robbie Ray, he's in his contract year. It'll be interesting to see what he can put together. They signed Mad Bum, Jim. And I, I know that whole thing seemed bizarre because Mad Bum signed there because of his horses. But if you're Arizona, you're excited about this. This is a dude who's proven I, I mean he's not as special as he once was but he's gonna throw you some innings maybe he could teach Robbie Ray a couple lefty tricks Luke Weaver he's a guy they got in one of those trades 12 starts last year 294 ERA the Diamondbacks have a lot of depth they don't necessarily have a hole on their team you have to talk yourself into the star power but I mean Eduardo Escobar is a guy that if you watch him play he's real fun uh, Starling Marte is a good ball player. Nick Ahmed, UConn guy, Jim. He had a special warrior last year. They can throw a lot of different dudes at you. They've got young guys on the way from those past two trades I mentioned. So if you're a Diamondbacks fan, you're saying, what, we won 84 games last year? 85 games last year. We signed Mad Bum. We got Starling Marte. And the guys they lost... Uh, they lost Alex Avila, who I mentioned, uh, our young catcher, who we now like for them. You're losing J Jared Dyson, who became somewhat of a role player for them. Steven Sousa Jr. I mean, we're not talking significant guys, and we brought in some real dudes. I got myself excited about my Diamondbacks over the weekend. I'm glad you did. I'm not excited for them. Uh, they got, it's an interesting squad they're putting together. 
They got two Martes now. And I I just think that I think I don't know, them and the Padres, maybe them and the Padres are, are, are fighting fighting to get to that 80, 85 to eighty seven, eighty five to eighty nine wins and we'll miss the wild card. Yeah. That's uh, that's it, what it seems like to me. The the starts in the NL West are gonna be important. We the as I've mentioned, the Rockies are anchored down. They they signed Story and Arenado, and this is kind of it for them. They had a young a young crew come up with Herman Marquez and Kyle Freeland. Uh, this is kind of their final shot before they go full rebuild. It'll in- be interesting to see what kind of start they get to the season. The Padres, man, like we mentioned, they brought in someone like Tommy Pham, who I actually love for them. <laughs> I mean, personality-wise, he's going to be on dudes' uh, asses. But dude, the Padres have been awful. Like they haven't shown us anything. They haven't had a winning season since 2010. And think about what we're saying. Like the Diamondbacks won games last year. They've got a lot of young talent. They signed Mad Bum. They brought in a really good center fielder. If you're a Diamondbacks fan, there's a world where you can start talking yourself into uh, a serious wildcard contender. You're not going to wrestle the Dodgers. But I mean, if the Diamondbacks land in a low 90s win, I. It, there's puzzle pieces that match up to that. Yeah, I, I mean, well, we're, we're going to do like team preview, so I don't want to go too in the weeds. But my gut, and I'm not, <laughs> I, I want, I want to be nice to baseball and stuff. But my gut is the Padres and the the Diamondbacks in 2020 are just fighting for like it's a it's a it's a two team race to miss the wild card. Yeah, and it's going to be. I, I feel like the other thing that's getting not in our way, but the NL East has a lot of strong teams and it's, how is that going to sort out at all? And I mean, are those teams going to play You play each other in division 19 times, like the Phillies, Mets, Nats, like those guys can beat up on, my Braves. Those teams can beat up on each other that the wild card might be tough. If the Rockies and Padres get off to slow starts or have a couple injuries, um, you can see the Diamondbacks falling into more wins. The Central's a bit of a mess. So, uh, and it's going to be what, fun again this year. What squad do you like better, Cardinals or Diamondbacks? Ooh, uh, God. I mean, come on, that's easy. I don't know. Is that easy? I think so. I think it might be the D-backs, man. They just don't have any pitching. Oh, uh, the D-backs have pitching now with Ray and 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 Bumgarner. So, all and right, they're they're all young guys. So it's uh, I get it. Like, is Luke Weaver going to be a stud or or flame out? I don't know. Um, I don't know. I'm going to change my opinion so many times on this anyway. So people are going to hold this against me, and I'm going to be like, well, I don't know. And dude, it, it really That's is what I felt on it, that day. It, it, Jim, I'll give you your spin out of it. It's the beauty of baseball, man. Like I I was comparing the Diamondbacks, Rockies, and Padres top to bottom trying to differentiate some stuff. And it's like, hey, man, the the Rockies kind of have the stars. They've got Arenado, Blackman, Story. The team thins out pretty quick. San Diego, they've got so many young dudes and a, and a couple potential big-time stars in Machado, Tatis. The Diamondbacks, I think they've got the most depth, like 26-man t- roster, but their star power doesn't do anything for you. Um, yeah. If you think Cattell Marte is going to come back to, to earth, you kind of don't have a star on that team at all. So uh, it's going to be exciting to see how it sorts out. And I, I think the NL West 
could become a running gag very easily. Um, or I don't know if one of those teams gets rolling and they put their neck out there, uh, they could stumble into some wins. I, I do like that. Uh, ben Charrington went to work. He's good at, he's good at building up farm systems. And he, I mean, we didn't even talk about the names that he got back for, uh, Marte. It was, uh, Leover. There's no way I say any of these words, right? Leover Pagoro and Brennan Malone, uh, high upside youngsters, but they're really far out, but high upside. But but Charrington built up the Red Sox minor league system. He went and found a lot of dudes. Blue Jays, they're full of young hitters. He built that he built that prospect list, and now he's trying to do it with the Pirates. So if you're a Pirates fan, like who knows if these two guys are gonna be good, but at least they're getting to work, which is like, you know, step one for them. So that's exciting. Yeah. And I mean Mar Marte made sense. Um he you know, his, he's he's going to be hitting free agency this year, next year. I forget. I think next year. Um, but yeah, I mean, he wasn't next year. Mar- he, Star, Starling Marte's got two years. Yeah. So he, I, I mean, he wasn't fitting the window at all. Um, I think they have a Hail Mary that Josh Bell can repeat and keep a couple people in the seats. Um, he's going to be an interesting name. If he, if he puts together another nice season, um, he could be a huge piece for someone at the deadline, or at least he can still get a haul. Um, and if you're the pirates, we, I, I, we need to figure out a system, Jimmy, cause we like last year, we looked at the tigers and we were like, what are you guys doing? Like do, do something in the rebuild process. Like what, 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 what should it be? You're going to have two years of pure misery. That third year, there should be some signs of hope. A couple decent young guys, a couple veterans trade the veterans. And then year four should be signs of life. Yeah, I mean, the White Sox are, are right now in like, okay, we're going to compete. Took them longer than a lot of other teams. The Orioles are year, they just, that was year one of being terrible. Because like the year before that, they were still supposed to be good. They had Machado, they had Jones, they were just bad with all the pieces. So they're they're like in going into year two of the rebuild. I don't know. Uh, some really small moves that I, I just noted down, just in case anyone actually uses us for like, News headlines, the Cubs have agreed to terms with righty Jeremy Jeffress. One-year Major League Baseball deal, um, 850K with 200K in available incentives so he can make a million dollars based upon appearances. Interesting story with Jeffries. He was good and then not, and then the Brewers just waved him. I have, I have nothing on that, honestly, just reading the headline. I don't think it's worth doing a dive into. Yeah, the only thing of note is that our our agent friend Josh Kuznick used to be his agent, and he he tweeted some subtle things that uh, I, I think Jeremy Jeffers turned down some money in the past that he's he might be regretting at this point. But you know, with with Josh, it's always slightly off the record, but not at all. Yeah, uh, the Twins reached an agreement to sign Julis Chessin who will join the team on a minor league contract with an invite to big league camp and earn $1.6 million with an additional $1.5 million in incentives. Julius Chassin had a good year two years ago, one year ago, and then he was bad last year. He got dropped. The Red Sox picked him up. He's got a, he's got a fun name and a fun slider, and he got really hurt with uh, home run rate. He was, like, really, really unlucky, like kind of a Jay Happ for the Yankees situation where every fly ball just went for a home run. <clears throat> but... And uh, Twins fans, correct me if you're wrong, because you know more than me. I, I believe this is he's. I believe he probably will break camp, Jake, but just as a stopgap, and as soon as 
Pineda's back and Rich Hill's healthy, they're going to be like, okay, thanks for helping out. See ya. Eat some innings and bye. Yeah, it depends what kind of year he's having at this point. I mean, the dude's come out of the pin. He started game. Uh, like you mentioned, his slider went right is a nice pitch. So, yeah, I mean, maybe maybe the Twinkies will, will figure something out for him. And if he's pitching well, they'll find a role on the team for him. If he's not, see, see ya. 6'3", 215, 32 years old from Venezuela. Dude, he's been around. Yeah. Been around. Cool. Puig and Holtz have yet to sign, and everyone's kind of doing guessing games, and and I'm still I, – I, uh, I was in Savannah, and I went on one of the news stations, and I was talking to them, and they're, they're you know saying he likes every time I make a video about Puig because I love Puig. And I said, yeah, I'm really hoping Japan doesn't snatch him up and give him like a couple years, a lot of money, and Puig's like, America, Japan, I don't give a fuck. Yeah. And it's uh, keep him it, in keep him in a major league baseball. It's it's almost at the point where I'm I'm almost rooting for Puig to go double birds and go to Japan and just be the star of stars there because he would, um, he would. He's a showman. He's really talented, um, man. And it was funny. I was going through some Puig and Brock Holt articles because hey, I think we do have to give a little. Uh, it, it's been a while since we've given a round of applause, Jim. Forty eight of the top fifty MLB free agents by you know a lot of the lists that are out there signed going into spring training. So we're, and so, Hey, if, if Puig, if Puiger and Holt could get it figured out by then, cool. Um, yeah. And I, I saw people, they were talking about different teams that maybe Puig could be, be their platoon guy against lefties. Puig is better versus righties than lefties. He's got reverse splits. Um, and yeah, where it's at right now, it seems like a lot of the bad there's rumors around all the bad teams, like the the Tigers, Pittsburgh, that they should sign Puig because he'd easily be one of their best players on their team. Um, I think the other part of it is that a lot of the contending teams already have their guys in place, um, and I, you know, I, I think they're unsure if they want to bring in Puig or what kind of role they would have on their team because he really shouldn't be a platoon guy. And I mean, we're we're at the point in baseball where if if you're the first dude off the bench, you're going to be playing a lot between injuries and everything else. Um, I don't know. Uh, I I hope he's in MLB baseball. Um, if he goes to a bad team, I hope it's a fun bad team. Um, what, what what would you guess Puig's? OPS pluses on his career, seven years. On his seven-year career, his OPS plus is 107. 100 is average for anyone that forgets. So Jake has him slightly above average. His OPS plus is 122. Pretty good. Yeah. It's it's really front-loaded by his first two seasons. Yeah. If you take those away, it, do, it probably comes out to closer to what you're saying, 107. But, yeah, I mean, the, the dude, it's not like he's... He's not a disaster against righties. He actually, is, I think I was looking at his 2018. He was really bad against lefties. He was like great versus righties. So I don't know, man. And I, I think one of the biggest things that you and I stumble into that probably the analytics community wouldn't like about us, but it's so he true. Was, it's like Puig is a threat. If you make a mistake, Puig is going to hammer it. He's when he when you need a big at bat, he's going to put an at bat together. He's a showman. Uh, I remember. Didn't he? Uh, didn't he rope a dope someone in a Yankees game last year? There's a fly ball to right. He just fielded off his back leg and pegged someone. 
Like the dude is the dude's special. I hope he finds the right opportunity, or I hope he goes to a bad team, rips it up, and gets traded at the deadline. Yeah. I hope that he gets in some brawls and does some fun shit and is awesome. Puig also like when he was in Cleveland, I think he helicoptered to a children's hospital one day and then helicoptered back. Like he's a nice guy. I don't know. He was held captive. Remember he was held captive by gangsters when he was trying to escape Cuba. So that's kind of badass. His house gets robbed, was getting robbed like every day because he owed, he owed his like basically baseball pimp money or some shit. Crazy story. If you haven't read up on Puig's entry to baseball story and remember when he first came up and everyone was like, how do you say this guy? Is it pig? (laughs) Yeah. Stuff. Yasio pig. <laughs> yeah, I see you, pig. Um, Still my and, pig. And uh, any anything on Brock? I mean, I I thought like that's a good pickup for a team that needs a utility guy. Like if a team's out there searching for their twenty sixth man for this season, like why why doesn't he get a someone should give him a spring training invite? But I guess he would probably want to be guaranteed that. But wouldn't he be a good twenty sixth man for some team? Well, that's the funny thing. I I read it was a really it was a really good line on it. I should be giving credit to someone, um, but they said that. Every team now has their version of Brock Holt that they want to try out. For the Yankees, it's Tyler Wade. For every team has that guy now that the version 1.0 is getting ignored, <laughs> which is 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 pretty. You don't want to pay. Well, so you don't want to pay for that. You want that to come from within, probably. And you just you get so locked into the dudes in your organization, and every organization tries to breed these guys now. Yeah, I think that's all we got, Jake. I think that's it. I think, you know, for this, the off season's winding down, and, you know, as we get going, I'm like, man, we're going to start our daily episodes soon, but what are our main episodes going to be about? And uh, I think we did a good job talking some baseball. Yeah, you want you want me to dive into Arizona a little more? Tim Lo Castro? We'll save really, well, it. Fastest guy in baseball. We'll save really it for... Str- strong OBP for a speed guy. I think the 12th... Or the thirteenth, we uh, we will start doing an episode a day on talking baseball uh, about a team. We did a poll; we had everyone rank the teams one through thirty best, and we're going to release our mini episodes worst to best. So you guys are choosing the order. There's some I was going through the results, Jake, with like three hundred people take it. There's some that, for the most part, it's good. Then there's some that are like, wait, what? They have like some like I think our audience or the three hundred people that took the poll is the Rangers as like the sixth worst team in baseball. Tough, bro. Yeah, it's crazy. All right, you good? Goodbye, everyone. I think I'm good. Goodbye, everyone. Thanks for hanging out with us for a little bit. <laughs> <laughs>